You know, we as conservatives, we ask ourselves all the time a very simple question. What, what are the consequences of this or that policy, right? So, uh, and by the way, today we have a great new guest, a co-host. Uh, his name is Devin Goodman. Uh, I really like him. Good conservative guy. Uh, has a great background. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Devin, really briefly, and then uh, we'll get to the, to the issues at hand. Well, I'm a actor and a screenwriter and a, um, yeah, a comedian. All right. And a general ne'er-do-well, yeah. I, I would say, right? Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, and, and you live here in Los Angeles? Yes, I do. All right. So, uh, so you're seeing everything that, that's happening in Los Angeles like the rest of us. And one of, them, one of the things that we're seeing, of course, is homelessness. So, and I bring up homelessness as one of many issues where we see consequences, right? So the idea is, well, you know, back because this this all happened back in the in the in the '80s, basically when it was decided to let everyone out of the mental institutions because it would close them down. And the theory was that we let them all out, we'll save some money, and at the same time, you know, these people maybe the reason why they're mentally ill is because they're locked up in these places, and therefore. You know, once they're out, they'll, they'll feel better and everything will be great again, which is, I don't know who thought of that crazy, uh, you know, concept, but, but there you go. But for whatever reason, put, put aside the actual reasons, for whatever reason, a whole bunch of homeless people were released. Okay. And then, of course, that, that bore a whole culture. It's not the same people. Obviously, a lot of those people died since then. But I bet you no one thought about the consequences back then, right? Oh, we'll release all these people. Uh, what's the worst that can, that can happen, right? Okay, well, a lot, a lot of bad things can happen, right? I mean, aside from city blight, you have more crime, you have uh, more mental disease, uh, you have more drug abuse and everything else, uh, and more dangerous to a city, and then they take over these parks. Nobody, nobody thought about those consequences, right? They'll take over the parks, for example. They take over the libraries, and nobody will want to go to the libraries anymore. Nobody go, <laughs> obviously, right? So they don't think about those consequences, Likewise, with uh, minimum wage. Nice idea, right? And you can think about other things too. Uh, but, you know, minimum wage, as soon as it's imposed uh, in any serious way, uh, you've got consequences that eventually ripple down. Among them being that you're going to have automation. Uh, and then that causes fewer jobs to be available and so on and so on. So, that's, that's a big issue, especially for the, um, the unskilled work, like the, the hamburger flippers, right? It's, it's not going to take too long for somebody at McDonald's to figure out that we don't need humans to flip burgers. We can get a machine to do that, right? So, and all the kiosks and everything else. So those are consequences. And then affirmative action, right? Nobody said uh, in the beginning of affirmative action, well, I wonder if the consequences of this uh, will be that uh, it will infantilize blacks and create more racism as a result of this, and will, will actually impede the growth of blacks at the end of the day, right? Nobody, nobody thought that. So I, I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here when I say the following. You know what I've noticed? Because I, I, I think in what I call uh, negative thinking, meaning not, not negative like in a, in, a, in a mean way, like I'm being negative. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I can see what's not being talked about and get, and get meaning out of that. So, for example, and then in addition, I ask questions like, why do people drive on the left side of the road, uh, right side of the road, or the left side, depending on the country? Why do people write in English uh, from left to right, and in Hebrew and other languages, write from right to left, 
right? I ask those questions, and then I, I like to find out the answers. But, but you've got to ask the questions first, right? So anyway, my, my point is this. Here's the question. It's a, a negative thinking question. Traffic laws. Okay, so like, you know, stop at red, go, go green, uh, you know, obey the speed limit, uh, right turn on red, you know, things like that. Okay, divider, you know, don't pass unless there's a broken line and all the things we talk about. Have you noticed, Devin, that there's very little debate on the issue of traffic laws, right? We don't, we don't hear, like, let's have a, you know, community organization to talk about the outrageous speed limit that's been posted on Main Street, for example. Yeah, people don't, no, they're not really active in that department, right? They, there's a stop sign. They, they, they're not upset that there, a stop sign was, was planted at such and such a location near the school or whatever. The, the, the laws are just fine. Everyone seems to be in accord with it. There's no debating about it. But it seems odd, doesn't it? Because almost everything else, there's debate, right? Abortion, affirmative action, like we just said, high taxes, regulation, right? Whether uh, we should have IDs for voting, you name it, almost everything else that you could think of is debatable. Some things we thought were not debatable, like whether a man is a man and a woman is a woman, right? And whether we should teach uh, third graders about you know, anal sex, don't be ridiculous, uh, you know, Mr. Lurie. Uh, third graders don't learn about anal sex. You're right. Fourth graders do. Okay? Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the question is, why are the traffic laws so non a matter of debate? You want to take a gander at this, Devin? It is true. And the question is, or the question is two. Should we have any traffic laws, which most people say yes, and right. which traffic laws are like even the speed limit. Yeah. You have 35 miles per hour. Why not 45? Yeah. What are we losing from it? What are we gaining from it? And they never say it. And they can never explain, well, I'm giving you this ticket because you're going 55 and a 45. And this is why you need to go 45. Yeah. They say it's, oh, for the road or for conditions. But how do you find that out? How do you discover that? Yeah, exactly right. And you don't, you don't see, the whole point is you don't get bent out of shape as you drive home tonight and say, well, these traffic laws are outrageous. I, I just can't believe it. What kind of system are we living under? Right? You, you would never say that. You just, that's part of life. You go through and you have your car, and the car is kind of based upon the rules of the road and everything else. And that's great. We're all happy with it. The question is why? Why is it not a matter of debate? And the question, like, I was just thinking about this while you were talking, is I went to high school in D.C., and in D.C. at a certain point, there were no um, red lights. Everything would blink red, which meant you'd, it was a stop sign, and every light, or it blink yellow, which means it was yield. So you'd just kind of be safer, but you didn't have to, like, it was so much, you didn't have to wait at a stop light no, but, but, forever. But, 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 but help me answer this question. Why is it that it's not really a matter of big debate? Why, do, why are people not all bent out of shape about the traffic laws. Uh, we all seem to agree, you know, that there's a speed limit for this road and that road and for this part of the freeway and that part of the freeway. And we agree that there should be stop signs and there should be traffic lights and, you know, people should drive on the right side of the road. There's not, you don't get people all agitated. About. Why? Or that's the question is what are the first laws, aside from God's laws, and that's private, that we learn? 
really, it is a traffic law, right? You learn it when you're 15. It's drilled in front of you by like the police and by the um, the school. And so by they really instill that we have a traffic law very early on and that acceptance very early on. And then they marry that to the carrot that you get to drive. Okay, so I, I agree with what you said. Of course, it's instilled in us, but you can also say it's instilled in us, you know, since the, um, since the beginning of time that uh, a boy is a boy and a girl is a boy. You just crashed something really big right there. Uh, this is so unprofessional. Um, Okay, you, know, you think you replace Ari for for a day? You get some professionalism here. Uh, we miss Ari. He's he's uh, he's he's on mission somewhere else. That's what we can say. I, I'm I'm not allowed. I'm not privy to to tell everyone else. Anyway, so going back to to what it is. So, so um, you know, we, we we agree that some things are in the mother's milk, and you're saying that traffic laws are kind of in the mother's milk. You learn it so early. But but we also learn that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, and yet here we are debating whether a boy is a girl, right? right? And, all, you know, there's no such thing as gender all of a sudden. Okay, well, I thought there was, and now I'm crazy for thinking otherwise, right? And I put that in air quotes. And, uh, you know, assuming somebody's a she, well, that's outrageous. Outrageous it is. And so on. Uh, so that's not quite the answer to me. I mean, I, I'm yeah. sorry to, to contradict you, but, and, you know, I, Devin's falling apart right now. I, I, I'm going to have to console him later on. But uh, listen, that's what tears are for, buddy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a nice guy. Uh, anyway, I, I think the point is this. Here's the reason why traffic laws are not debatable. Well, you don't have debates about it. Because you see the consequences of a violation immediately. All right? Yeah. You run that red light, you're going to get hit. Okay? Most likely. And you're, why did that guy get into crash? Because he ran the red light because he was in a hurry and, and he got maimed. Right? Why, why did he uh, hit the pedestrian? It's because he's texting and he killed that old lady. And so on down the line. Why, you know, he, uh, why did he crash head, head on to that? Because he decided to drive on the, right side of the, uh, the left side of the road. Okay, he shouldn't have done that, right? You see the immediate consequences. And so nobody has a problem with that. That's why we have those rules. But what if the rules are such that you only see the consequences of them 20 years later, <laughs> right? Why? Wait, right? I mean, yeah. then, then you might say, well, it's a big deal. So what if Harry and Sally, who are brother and sister, are, decide to get married? How does it hurt me? Right? How does it affect me? It doesn't affect me at all. Right? They want to go at it. Fine. Okay? Uh, how does it affect me if, for that matter, whether two gay, gay men or two lesbians want to get married? Right? You've heard that argument before. Okay, well, how does it affect me if, I don't know, three people, five people want to cohabitate and have a sexual tryst and raise uh, two children together. How does that affect me? Right? What's the, what's the big deal? Okay, now, if it were as impactful and immediate as a traffic violation, you'd see what the big deal is, right? But the big deal is that if, you, if everyone did that, we'd have no civilization anymore, right? If... If you allowed anyone to marry anyone or anything for that matter, 
then you wouldn't have a civilization. How can I say that? Because we all know that civilization is based upon the family, the nuclear family. Yes, that, that uh, patriarchal traditionalist uh, notion that somehow a mom and a dad are essential to a family and raising them accordingly. It, it, there's a reason why the Bible really focuses on that. When you have more than one wife or some sort of relationship like that, then things start falling apart, right? So we see this time and time again through the Bible. And, and you don't even have to hearken to the Bible. Anytime, anytime we all have friends who have uh, stepbrothers, stepsisters, right? And God willing, they get along. But a lot of times they don't, right? And a parent favors one versus the other because that's her birth daughter versus her stepdaughter, right? It's just, it's hard. But uh, that's why we're concerned about divorce. That's why we're concerned about all these things. But the impact is not immediate upon civilization, not like a traffic violation. Yeah. That's why. That's good. Yeah. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Well, I, I got a yes man on, on, on Devin on that one, but I, I appreciate it. No, but, but Devin uh, and I, we, we think a lot alike about a lot of these different things, but that's the way we got to think. I think we got to think about consequences. Now, Devin, if you want to think about, I'm going to bring up like three different examples of things where we need to start thinking about the consequences uh, because these are slow moving trains. These are accidents that are about to happen, but uh, it'll be so devastating. So for, I'll, I'll just bring up three that come to mind. We already talked about affirmative action, so that'll be my first one. I think affirmative action has, been, has had devastating impacts on everyone. It, uh, it changes the, the nature of the, our merit-based system, and it makes uh, minorities, particularly blacks, because they're, they're generally their first, uh, the, you know, the, the, the one group of uh, minorities that are typically avail themselves of affirmative action. And... Um, it, it creates lower expectations, which I think in turn leads, fosters a very negative uh, approach of oneself. And for that matter, it makes other people think, well, gosh, you know, yes, this person went to Harvard Law School, uh, Stanford Business School, uh, or Yale Medical School, whatever, um, but, you know, they're black. So they must have gone, gotten in on lower uh, standards, and therefore, why should I? hire this person? Why should I have this doctor give me heart surgery, for example, or take on that, this massive antitrust case? Uh, it, it just, the consequences are terrible. And especially for those minorities that do get in on fantastic grades and otherwise. Uh, it's assumed now that they got in because of affirmative action. It's like a scarlet A, scarlet letter, right? So that's bad. Uh, then, then this trillion-dollar deficit, uh, no, sorry, this uh, $3.5 trillion bill. Like, okay, let's throw out $3.5 trillion. It's actually $5 trillion. We're going to create this new money, and it won't have any consequences. You won't see it right away. You will see it pretty soon. It won't be 20 years. It'll be maybe two years, a year and a half. It'll be there. But you won't think it's, you won't connect the dots as quickly. If it's right away, then you connect the dots. Why did that guy got maimed? Because the, the, the jackass over there ran the red light because he was too much in a hurry to see his, his mistress, right? And uh, now, he, now Johnny is dead, okay? That's the reason why. He violated the traffic rules, which were there for a reason. That's why you have the traffic rules. Same thing with uh, the trillion dollars. You wanted to give an example? 
Yeah, um, with like an example of um, what has unintended consequences. Yeah. Um, oh my God, let's talk about a vaccine mandate that locks down <laughs> the entire county of LA. Damn it, that's good. Here. Yeah, and they don't understand how that's going to affect Los Angeles from the business owner's point of view. The business owner has to pay somebody now to check. The business now owner has liability because if they don't check or they don't check right or they're tricked, like they don't think about even if somebody believes in the law and it wants to execute the law, they're still getting hurt. Yeah. You know, I really, I, I really don't like that example at, <laughs> at all. And let me tell you why. Yeah. Because I didn't think of it, okay? <laughs> That's a really great example. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic example. Look, uh, the vaccine mandate is, uh, this is one of the things that you and I have been t- talking with with our mutual friends on the left and otherwise, uh, saying, okay, look, I see why you want to close down everything, but you do understand their consequences. I mean, it, it will have an impact. You, you don't see them as quickly. You're only, you're only looking at the ticker uh, little, little box that they have for the COVID deaths that you saw on CNN, for example. You know, as of last week, there are 200,000, now 250,000 and so like that. Well, did, did you have the ticker box for those who are committing suicide, losing their jobs, being beaten senselessly by their, their abusive husbands or abusive fathers, as the case may be? The rise in alcoholism, um, the, the rise in you know mental distress, um, the uh, I mean the, the lack of I mean people being fired from their jobs, losing their jobs right and left, things like this. Okay, I, did, did you did you think about that? Yeah, and even children. Like we say, we need to socialize children. They have to go to school so much so we have to spend five trillion dollars to give them pre K or something for free and universal. But we just did two years of not socializing these children at a very important age. Like, they're not going to recover from that. We're just going to have human beings who are 60 that were, at this time, three or four, weren't socialized and will still deal with the consequences. That's a great point. That's, and I, I've got three young kids. Uh, now they're 16, uh, 13, and, uh, and 9. And at the time, you know, one year younger for each of them. And it was awful. Awful. Now, the good news is we... we um, we spent the whole time laughing at the situation. We went out. Uh, we went. We traveled everywhere we could. They learned. Uh, one of them learned how to ride bikes. Uh, we we learned to become expert bikers and everything else. But but we went out of the house. Uh, we would not be. I would not let this uh, destroy us. And so we had a very different attitude about the whole thing. But still, this was not good for the kids. It was really bad. They, the Zoom learning just didn't work. And I think it created a lot of depression and it created, I mean, it got, we, we have a lot of friends who really took this way too seriously and kept their kids in their homes, um, let them outside once, a, you know, in their backyards once a day for fear that the COVID thing would jump on them and, and eat them, I suppose. It was weird. So a great example. Um, but what about the consequences about those things? And I dare say that the consequences are far more severe, far more predictable than the chances of little Johnny getting COVID and dying in a, in a freaking hospital, none of which happened, none of it. And I would say even like just to make it a little bit more broad is who are going to have to deal with the consequences? Is Governor Newsom and Garcetti, do they actually, are they the ones who are going to face the consequences the most with their children or with themselves or is it someone else? Because they're making the decision. Like if I make the decision to speed, run a red light, and then I hit somebody, I have the consequences of my decision. But they're not going to. The consequences are somebody else has to deal with it. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, they they do, and and you know, by the way, I did I did hear them talking about the consequences of that uh, in the French Laundry restaurant, uh, you know, and that's what they were talking about apparently. Gosh, gosh golly, you know, what are the consequences of this uh, COVID uh, restriction? Yeah, no, not that's not what happened, uh, and and we have to deal with this. Look, um, I it's really interesting to me that. People just don't think of consequences. It's uh, Dennis Prager says, once you start asking what are the consequences of this or that policy, you're on the road to becoming a conservative. I agree. I agree. Uh, people, you know, there, there are many ways that people will look back on this uh, day and age. They'll call it, uh, you know, like the age of uh, COVID. They'll talk about the quarantine time. They'll, you know... Some people call it the age of stupidity, or I call it the, I mean, you can, you can also see it. I'm not saying it's the only way to look at it, but the, the age that nobody asks any questions. And it's very frustrating for people like you and me. We ask questions all the time. And, and you know, as a lawyer, that's your job to ask questions. Like, what are the issues of this? Um, but is this reasonable? You know, how can we, you know, what? Is this a contract? You know, well, this is not a contract. It is or isn't. You, you get the idea. There's, there's so many questions that you have to ask. And the many, among the many questions were, and we don't need to drill down on it, but like, are these numbers accurate in terms of the COVID deaths? Um, if it's 15 days to flatten the curve, then how come we're well beyond a year and a half of flattening the curve and nobody's asked anything about that? And we're still kind of closing ourselves down. Um, and then the vaccine, uh, the, the vaccine comes out and it turns out that it doesn't matter if you get the vaccine, you can still get infected. Uh, and then they say, well, you know, that, that reduces the symptoms and you'll make it much, much less severe. You know, they treat it like it's an aspirin that will shorten your, your headache. Uh, but then people die anyway. You know, <laughs> one surgeon actually said uh, when when he got the vaccine and, and the guy died and then they say, well, it would have been worse. Like, how can it be worse? Your, your husband or your father or whatever, he's dead. And you're telling me it could have been worse? In what way? What way? It's like, it's like the, the scene in Life of Brian when the guy is, uh, you know, going to be crucified, right? He's in line to be crucified. And he, and he kind of makes some snarky remarks and the, the Roman soldier says to him, you're only making it worse for yourself. And he goes, worse? How could it be worse? How could it be crucified? <laughs> so, but anyway, the same idea. Yep. And that's the um, thing, too, about the um, who, who really, I actually totally forgot what I had to say. You got me with the life of Brian, and I completely forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I, you know, that, that happens to me, too. Uh, I call those weekdays. Yeah. Right? It happens to me so often. Uh, you'll see as you get older, this this will be a very common event. But, you know, the good news is everyone will respect it and say, uh-huh. Yeah, me too. Happens all the time. No problem. You, you might remember if you remember. So, uh, but these are the questions that, that nobody's asking questions. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm very disappointed in my fellow man, as it were, fellow woman. Like they just, they, with the COVID, the vaccines, like did, did you not hear what you're saying? You're saying get the vaccine so that you'll be protected. But then you're telling everyone, no, you, you, everyone needs to be vaccinated so that you can protect the vaccinated. But wait, if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't have to worry about the unvaccinated. And you could say, oh, those unvaccinated people are fools for not, you know, for risking their lives and all that stuff. Okay, I get it. Uh, but you should be safe, I 
thought, right? And that's the consequence, too, of 15 days to slow the spread is a perfect thing. They lied. Those consequences are going to stand where the trust, once you lose the trust of people and they've consistently, don't use a mask, use a mask. Now you have, you're having more and more people who will never trust the experts, will never trust the CDC or the NIH, will never trust the whatever, like the Republican or Democrat in there because they lied. They needed to have a consequence for those people who lied. It's only 15 days. Wait, we need to do it more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The guy said 15 days. We have to have a conversation about this right, now. Yeah. Or the, or the masks, right? I mean, the masks are not necessary, then they are necessary. Uh, it's like, you know, she's my sister, she's my daughter, you know, from Chinatown. Uh, I'm getting whiplash every time I talk to these guys or I hear from these guys on CNN or otherwise. Not that I watch CNN very much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you, you get the idea. It's, 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 I'm very disappointed. I'm disappointed in all of us. We haven't been asking, asking questions and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's all I want. I want people to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, yesterday you said X. Now you're saying not X or you're saying Y, a completely different animal altogether. Uh, how can you say that? How could you say uh, that this, I mean, they say it brazenly. Uh, we need to get out of Afghanistan. Uh, and suddenly it's, a, it's an extraordinary success. Uh, whereas you see, you know, people, you know, falling out of planes and, uh, you know, people lying about the drone strike and everything else. I mean, I, there, there's too many things that I can say, but nobody's asking questions. Look, you and I ask them, and I think Republicans do, but the Democrats, uh, the, the party faithful, they don't ask questions of their own people very much at all. They, there is a little talk now, you know, now and then about, oh, this cancel culture is going a little too far. I don't like that. Uh, a couple of my liberal friends say it's a little ridiculous to, to talk about he and she and they and all that stuff. Okay, yeah, I, I kind of I see you, I see what you're saying there, Barack. Uh, that's about where it stops. Otherwise, they are fully on board. Um, I have a couple of friends, for example, that say science is science. We need to trust the scientists. God bless the scientists. God bless them because they are saving us. Okay, yeah, look, I, I'm all for science, of course, but science has done some really bad things and some really wrong things, and, uh, and, and they've gotten it wrong, even if they wanted to get things right. I mean, Deborah Burks uh, goes on this at the middle of the summer last in 2020, saying that we've decided to count as COVID deaths things that are not necessarily COVID deaths. If they had it once a year ago and they, they come to the hospital with a flu and they die of the flu, that's a COVID death, baby. It's, it's questions. I, I want an audit. An audit is a question, isn't it? I want an audit of the, of the COVID death numbers. How about that? The IRS audits people all the time. Why not? Why, why don't we have a, We just had an audit, the Arizona audit in Maricopa County okay, for the votes to make sure that it's... Whether you, you know, but you, like the, you understand the concept. The concept is, were these votes real or, they, or weren't they? But when it comes to the COVID deaths, we just take it for... okay. Hospital reports X deaths, it must be so. And they say it with such precision, too. You know. Yeah, and that's where they say, like, trust the science. Okay, what is the science? General up on the most global idea, what, how do you define science? And how I would define it is you have a hypothesis, a theory. I think, you know, the vote was not stolen in Arizona. Then you try as hard as you can to, to disprove that hypothesis. You have the audit. You have, I, I think these numbers are absolutely correct. That's my hypothesis. So your job now is to try as hard as you can to prove that these numbers are not correct. Right. That would be science. It's a process. It's not an output of 42. Oh, yeah, that, that, it's like, 
the meaning is 42. No. Good point. That's a really good point. You don't, there's no preordained conclusions is what you're saying. And, uh, you know, I mean, another question we could ask about the COVID deaths was to say, uh, okay, well, why, why wouldn't the hospitals be very generous in the counting of the COVID deaths when they're, when they're being paid $13,000 for admitting a quote unquote COVID patient uh, and $39,000 if they put that quote unquote COVID patient on a ventilator. So guess what? They put a lot of people on ventilators uh, and they admitted a lot of people as COVID patients. Surprise, right? So, uh, and you, and, and you, you really think that hospitals are going to be so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, so integrated, uh, they, they, they're going to demonstrate such integrity that they would never, ever take money for something that would be wrong, <laughs> just wrong to call. Of course not. And, and let me prove it to you. We all know that when it comes to insurance claims and you go to your doctor and they say, okay, I'm just going to code it as such, as X. Therefore, the, the insurance company is going to reimburse you. And they know the game and all that stuff. I've heard, I, 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 I don't know what it is. I don't understand this at all. I don't know what the codes are or anything else. But I hear the doctor saying, well, code it as this, that way. And that, the, the notion is that the carrier will take care of it. And it's not, it never, I, I never saw it happen in my own life. I just hear about this stuff. People talk about coding. And so, but a, a doctor or a hospital that can do that, why wouldn't they do? I mean, when they're, when they're seeking to recover their own money, not help out a patient to recover his money, why wouldn't they do that? Really, you, you, you really think, you have such high ideals for these doctors and these hospitals and you, you, you put them on a pedestal, apparently, a pedestal. And likewise with scientists. Scientists can do no wrong because they're just pursuing scientists, science. They have no agenda whatsoever. They are incorruptible. They're infallible. There's never an agenda associated with what they, may, what, what they might be doing. Never mind who is funding them, right? And I went to high school. I went to high school with people I'm sure became doctors. The ones who you knew who would talk about becoming doctors at the beginning, it was never about healing somebody. Maybe that was the nurse, but the ones who wanted to become the doctor were the the sleaziest kind of, I'm going to suck up and I'm going to get whatever I want just so I can get the money, I can get the nice BMW or something. Like, I know just from experience that the ones who became doctors were never this noble guy who never wanted money and just wore the worst clothes. Yeah. I think You know what? I, I'm Look, I don't want to malign all the doctors out there, but of course, so many doctors out there really do love their profession. Like, I love being a lawyer. I mean, I, but I, I would not be a lawyer if I didn't make a decent amount of money out of it. If I, if I only made 20000 a year, uh, you know, look, I mean, with respect to the law, I need to make some money, <laughs> okay? I, I, 20000 is not going to cut it. But uh, at the same time, uh, we need to understand that about doctors. Somehow they're put up in such a high pedestal. Likewise with the, with the scientists, like we just talked about. They, I, want, I want to say something really shocking here. These people in lab coats, whether the scientists or doctors, they're people. Yeah, I said it. They are people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that they want to satisfy their families. They want to impress their wives. They want to take their kids on vacation. They want to enjoy their weekend. Uh, they they want to you know want to get drunk once in a while. They want to see their favorite concert, Wilco Radiohead. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, they want to uh, you know be admired by their peers. 
They want to have a nice car. They want to have a nice house. They want to get along with their neighbors. They want to have the barbecues. Everyone, everyone, every scientist, every doctor, they're all human, just like you and me. Somehow people think that all these scientists and all these doctors, they're only driven by the truth with a capital T. Not like everyone else, you know, plumbers, uh, you know, accountants, uh, lawyers for that matter, right? Uh, eyeglass manufacturers, no, they're not driven by, by the truth of the capital T. But those scientists and doctors, they, they, they're good people, really good people. Never mind that a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, sued for malpractice or they're, uh, they're decertified by their respective boards for all sorts of criminal activity. Never mind that. They're, they're, there's just as many of them uh, in that profession as, as there are in any other profession. But somehow, you know, they're people of science. It's, it's a faith, folks. It's a, nobody asks these questions, and I, I really want all of us to ask these questions. It's not hard. If you have a question-driven life, it's imminently more uh, exciting, imminently more interesting, imminently more productive for your own life. And if you ask the right questions, by the way, it's more lucrative, too. You know, where, for example, uh, when the stock market went crashing down in uh, last year in 2020, one of the questions you should be asking is, how can I make money off of this, right? The stock market, right? Because what goes down is going to go up again. I mean, it's not going to be crazy. It might be a dead cap bounce, as they say, but it's going to bounce. It's going to get back up there. It's never going to drop down to, it was, I think it was like 10,000 points at one point, maybe even more. Yeah. You, you think it really is going to stay down there for all this time and we're going to climb back up after, what, 20 years? Of course. Of course it's going to go back up. So what do I invest in? I invested everything I could imagine that would be necessary. So I invested in uh, internet learning. I, I invested in, in uh, air, and airlines because I knew that that was going to get back. Everything that was collapsing that were standard industries, thought, okay, great. Ask questions. Why not? It's, it's good for you. It's, uh, I think it's what God wants from all of us. But more importantly than that, let's ask the questions about, let's ask about consequences, I should say. Consequences. What, what are the consequences of this or that policy? What are the consequences of uh, drinking too much, eating too much, taking drugs, right? I mean, if, if, if you took a heroin right now, got a high, Right, and the only consequence would be felt like an addiction twenty years from now. You you wouldn't notice it. You would never be you, twenty years from now when you gave up heroin. You might say, "Well, why am I feeling all this addiction? This is a weird feeling I've got all of a sudden." You wouldn't be able to connect A to B, would you? That's why I talk about traffic a lot. Traffic traffic is your friend because traffic proves my point. We we respect consequences only when they're immediate only when they're immediate. Even, even when it comes to the administrations, uh, presidential administrations, the, the, uh, the economy roared back because, directly because of Trump's tax breaks and his um, minimizing of regulations, directly because of that. Did it happen overnight? No, it didn't. It happened pretty quickly, more, more, much more quickly than I thought. Within, I think, half a year, the economy started roaring maybe even less than half a year, but people still wouldn't give them the credit. They started saying, oh, it's because of Obama. But in, in fact, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it. They couldn't meaningfully do it. But suddenly Obama took, 
to credit for this great economy. Well, if that's the case, then they shouldn't Trump's uh, deregulation and lower taxes, shouldn't that be hurting your, your economy? I put that in, you know, your, in quotes, economy, Mr. Obama. You get the idea. Consequences. And, and it's all about timing and how quickly things happen. But nobody wants to, to take that into consideration. Look, my book, Atheism Destroys, is coming out soon enough. And in, in large parts, it's about all these consequences. And I talk about how we are eviscerating all these important pillars of civilization. Uh, you're going to start seeing much more incest. Yeah, I know it's disgusting to you, but you don't even know why. You don't even know why. Most people don't know why. And, and I, I drilled down on that quite a bit in my book. There's a very significant chapter about it. I don't get into the you know, weeds about it that way. But I ask, why, do we, why is incest taboo? Why? And people say, oh, it's because you know, they don't want deformities. Okay, well, okay, that's fine. I get it because you don't want that sort of deformity. But that's not the reason. That wouldn't explain why it's so taboo. Like, you know, Ben and, and Sally, they, they slept together. Oh my God, that's outrageous. If they have kids, you know, they might have a slight, you know, increase in deformities from 2% to 4%. No, that's, no. <laughs> There's a reason why that's taboo. Likewise with um, when you go to a party and you, if you were to meet a couple of friends, okay, and, and one is uh, John and the other one is Jane, and you, and you say, oh, this is my John and Jane. We, how did you meet? Oh, we got, you know, we met such and such and we got married five years ago. It's been great. And we've got two kids. Okay, you say, that's great. And some, you, you have another couple that you meet, same sort of thing, discussion, and that's great. And then you meet a group of four people, three men and one woman. And they say, and I say, oh, are you, is anybody together here? Oh, well, actually, we're a foursome. We're three men and one woman. This is, this is Stephanie. And uh, we're planning to have a child with her. And you, what would you say to yourself? You wouldn't just say, that's weird, that's unusual. There's something about it that you don't like. And I'll tell you what you don't like. You're doing something that is inconsistent with the advancement of civilization. Because that dog don't hunt in terms of raising a child. That child is going to be effed up. What happens when, you know, daddy, one of the daddies leaves, right? It's going to be devastating. You get the idea. It's, it's not good, not healthy. Uh, and then it's back to the incest thing. There's a reason why. Because it's family. It's all about family at the end of the day. Incest destroys the family for all sorts of reasons that I explain in the book. Um, and then we talk about the, the destruction of marriage. Women don't want to get married. They, uh, they, they want to have a career. Thank you very much. And if they want a child, well, then they can go to the sperm bank and they can take care of the child herself. She'll be mom and dad, so to speak. And she has more than enough resources to take care of uh, the child. Is that destruction? If you saw such a person at a party, you'd say the same thing to yourself. You're not helping in the advancement of civilization. You have a duty for that. You're not doing it. But they don't, they, don't see, they don't see the consequences of it. That's the point. They see themselves only individually. For, this, for this, these groups that, that think they're thinking globally, they're not thinking globally whatsoever. They're certainly not thinking civilizationally, right? They're not. They think only in terms of what their immediate needs and wants are. I want a child. I'm going to raise a child. I'm going to go to the sperm bank. Maybe I'll find a husband later. Good luck, by the way. It's going to be very hard. But it's, it's a disaster. What if everyone did that? 
right? What if everyone got together in a, in a fivesome and had sex only within that group, okay, let's say, and they decided to have kids through that group somehow? You think that's going to work? Of course not. It's going to destroy civilization. People, do, they don't understand consequences. And, and that's why my ultimate question is, you know, can we survive as a civilization without God? What do you, it's a rhetorical question. Obviously, we can't. There's a reason why God and civilization go hand in hand. You don't have God, you don't have civilization. <clears throat> and we're just going to have to see the consequences of that. And, and the saddest thing about, about this, Devin, is that 50 years from now, the civilization that we see today, if it continues on without God, which I suspect it will, it'll be so different. It'll be so shockingly awful from a civilizational point of view. And then we'll wonder, how did we get here? I'll tell you, it's because we lacked God. We lost, we, we abandoned all of his rules, the basic concepts of mother and father and male and female and, and all those things that were so traditionalist and so supposedly patriarchal. Those are the things that, that make civilization. They won't figure it out because it'll be too far away. What they need is they need an immediate consequence, like, the, like running the red light, that example. Then they would buy it. Oh, yeah, I guess we need God. But no, they won't figure it out when it's 50 years from now. Anyway, folks, uh, Barack Larry signing off. Devin, thank you so much for co-hosting today. I really appreciate your, your thoughts. Uh, very interesting and very insightful. So Barack Larry signing off, saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>